Welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Monday the 6th of November with me, Bernadette and Derko. Today, in addition to our markets update, we'll have our usual Monday glimpse into all things technical with our head of technical analysis, Mensor Pachinsi. But we're starting the show today with a round of the markets news from Roman Canciani. Good morning, Roman. Good morning, Bernadette. So, Roman, what a change in terms of market sentiment compared with last Monday. I mean, since Wednesday last week, equity and bond markets have been rallying with uh, the S&P 500, for example, posting its best week in 2023 and closing almost 6% higher on Friday. So what's happened? Well, sometimes it only takes a small piece of good news to trigger a strong move, especially in a heavily oversold market like at the end of October. So Last week's flurry of economic data showing a cooling of the U.S. labor market and Federal Reserve Chair's uh, Jerome Powell's remarks at the press conference after the no-change rate decision led to a growing perception among investors that interest rates in the U.S. have now peaked. Additionally, this optimism was amplified by quality-wise improving earnings season in the U.S. after a lackluster start. Okay, so you mentioned the U.S. labor market data one of the market positive data sets in the US was the US non-farm payrolls report on Friday, correct? Yes, absolutely. The uh, latest jobs report revealed a slowdown in hiring in the US to 150,000 versus expectations of the number coming in around 180,000. We also saw a surprising increase in unemployment to 3.9%. Also, quite interestingly, wage growth slowed, coming in a tad weaker than expected at plus 0.2% month on month. So all these data pointing to a not-too-hot, not-too-cold economic climate is viewed positively by investors as an indication of sustainable growth without overheating. Interesting. So um, a delicate balance of forces at work, it seems. Uh, turning to US Treasury bonds now, any noteworthy shifts in the yield curve following that uh, well, rather weak jobs report? Yes, uh, while many look at the performance of the benchmark 10-year Treasury yield, which, uh, by the way, trades this morning at 4.59, the past few days have recorded the most pronounced fall in 30-year Treasury yields since the pandemic began. They, they fell from 5.10 on Wednesday to 4.77 this morning, probably also amplified by positioning of hedge funds, which apparently built up lots of short positions into the labour market data and were forced to close them by buying into US Treasuries when things didn't go their way. And interestingly, traders have also almost fully priced out any more rate hikes in the US. Rather, there appears to be a growing sense that the US Federal Reserve might enact an interest rate cut as early as June 2024. Okay, so uh, let's now shift our attention to the currency markets. Have we witnessed any major moves there too? I mean, particularly concerning the US dollar as a reaction to that uh, labour market report. Yes, certainly the uh, perceived pause in the Fed's uh, rate hiking agenda, coupled with the latest jobs report, has led to a decrease in the dollar, which fell nearly 1% versus its peers on Friday alone. Okay, so to round off the picture, we're still in the midst of the earnings season in the US. And and you said in the beginning that the earnings quality has become better as of late, one of the triggers for the rally last week. What else have you seen in the news? Yes, there's actually one thing which I saw being discussed in several news this morning, and uh, that's the lukewarm outlook US corporates have been providing together with their results for the last quarter. 
it seems that corporate America is more cautious than the average analyst at Wall Street. By far, not all S&P 500 companies issue regular outlooks, but of those that do, more than 50% are more downbeat on their company's outlook than Wall Street. There are, of course, two ways to look at that. Uh, one is that companies see their outlook clouding in because of all the tighter monetary conditions, which start trickling through to the real economy now, or that they are maybe tactically way too pessimistic. Okay, many thanks for that. How have markets done in Asia overnight, Roman? What's the news there? Yes, uh, shares in Asia are broadly higher this morning following Wall Street's guidance on Friday. South Korean stocks led the rally, uh, up more than 4% following Sunday's news that the country would ban short selling until the end of June next year. Japan is another big mover, up by more than 2%, although that market was closed on Friday, so this move must be seen as a bit of a catch-up too, I guess. Interesting this morning is also that oil is a bit higher after losing uh, towards the end of last week. On news that Saudi Arabia and Russia reaffirmed uh, they will stick with oil supply cuts of more than 1 million barrels a day through year-end. And gold is also lower today, trading up at about 1,980 US dollars an ounce after failing again to surpass the uh, 2,000 US dollar mark on Friday. All right, then I guess we should look forward to the coming week in financial markets. What do investors need to look out for, Roman? Well, yes, in Europe, we have already had factory orders for September in Germany coming in at a surprisingly positive 0.2% versus expectation of a minus of 1.5% month on month. Uh, later today, we'll also have PMI numbers out of France, Spain and Germany too. And uh, later this week, there will also be a host of inflation reports in Europe, uh, while in the US, there's actually really one important set of data scheduled uh, for Friday, namely the University of Michigan Sentiment Index, uh, one of those leading indicators where respondents to a survey also voice their expectations with regard to inflation over one and five to ten years. That's certainly a very important data point. And of course, the reporting season is continuing all week, and it will be interesting to see whether corporates can uphold the positive sentiment in the, of, over the past few days. For now, at least, uh, there seems to be a bit of a break in the rally. Uh, US futures uh, point to a flat open in the US uh, this afternoon. That's it from me. Thanks so much for bringing us all the latest from the markets, Roman. Thank you very much, Bernadette. So now it's time to take a look at what the technical charts are telling us uh, with our head of technical analysis, Mensor Pacinci. Uh, good morning, Mensor. Good morning, Bernadette. So Mensor, I guess we have to start with the S&P 500. Um, it broke below 4,200 on the 27th of October, which I know is one of your significant technical levels. But as Roman mentioned, we've seen a significant rally since then. Does this mean we've got our year-end rally? Yes, uh, most likely at the break at 4,200 uh, triggered uh, many sell signals uh, with investors. So when we look at speculative investors, we see that for the first time since 16 months, they turned bearish last week or net short. So most likely the, this was a trap and uh, the recovery, which we have seen on Friday, basically points out to broad-based demand for equities. So in the short term, we got a buying thrust in US equities, uh, meaning that the majority of stocks or more than 90% were in a short-term uptrend. Historically, this has been a quite bullish signal. On top of this, of course, we have the medium-term picture where stocks are still a bit oversold. So this makes it a perfect combination where you see a short-term 
improvement, while in the medium term, equities are not overbought. So this is quite healthy and most likely indicates the start of a year-end rally in US and global equities. Okay, good news there then. The rally seems set for the, the states and the global equities. What's the story in Europe from your perspective, Mensur? Well, in Europe, uh, it's uh, the equity market is similar to the US. They saw an improvement as well. It's slightly weaker, but nevertheless, uh, European equities have entered most likely as well a year-end rally. And what is encouraging in Europe is that the mid-cap space, which has uh, underperformed severely over the past two years, has been improving over the past few weeks. So when you look at mid-caps, in, in, for example, in Switzerland, they are uh, starting to outperform the large caps. So this indicates that the risk appetite from investors is returning. So investors are starting to prefer uh, a bit, uh, a bit more, uh, a bit more uh, speculative stocks or mid-cap stocks, uh, less defensive. Uh, so this is a good sign uh, and signals a return of risk appetite. Okay, so good news there too. And now moving across to Asia, our equity analysts recently upgraded Japanese equities to overweight. What are the technicals saying there, Mentor? Yes, I mean, in Asia, Japanese equities basically look the best. And uh, we are uh, we are very surprised. Or we are, uh, every week, we are quite amazed how many individual stocks we find in Japan which are printing new 52-week or multi-year highs. So we think uh, the Japanese equity market is a market to keep an eye on and is certainly a market for stock pickers. So there we see really a lot of... Uh, stocks which are breaking out for multi-year consolidations, which from a technical point of view is quite bullish. And you would think that the outperformance of Japanese equities, especially against the rest of Asia, uh, should resume from current levels. All right. So we're clear there on equities. Um, Maybe we move away from those now. We saw this pullback in US Treasury yields um, after the non-farm payrolls number on Friday, as Roman mentioned meaning, of course, that bond prices rallied. What's your take on the bond markets now? Well, from the bond market, basically, we think that yields have most likely peaked in the medium term. So we would expect here a consolidation in U.S. yields. Uh, What is the technical signal? Basically, U.S. 10-year Treasury yields broke below their 10-week moving average. And please remember that they had now a streak of 24 weeks, consecutive weeks trading above it. And it was actually the second longest streak since 1982. So this shows you this was a quite strong uptrend. And we think U.S. Treasury yields most likely have entered a consolidation and might find support around 4%. Similarly, European interest rates most likely will move sideways as well. So this implies that there is here a bit of tailwind for uh, equities as interest rates stop increasing. Thank you very much, Mensah. It's nice uh, positive news from you today and always great to get your insights. Thank you, Bernadette. Well, that's it for today's podcast. I'd like to thank my guests for contributing to the show and you for listening, of course. Don't forget to join us again tomorrow when Helen Freer will be back with more of our experts to guide you through what's moving markets. I wish you a great week ahead. Good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information.
Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Baer experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.